0: The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed.
5: From the center of the galaxy, this, my friends, is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Hamsock. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw.
6: And I'm Jennifer Landa.
5: We are gathered here on a Monday but a Tuesday for you if you're hearing this and well we've got a case of the Star Wars Mondays meaning there's a lot of news to discuss from this upcoming Empire magazine article and we're going to get to that Mandalorian season 3 insights we've also uh, we're going to meet nubs and I can't wait to meet nubs. It's going to be a lot of fun and uh, a uh, disputed this week at Star Wars History. The dispute is with Star Wars. We'll get to that and explain that at the end of the show. Before we get to all of that, we are going to remind you that today's podcast is Brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at Audibletrial.com slash Four Center. Over one hundred eighty thousand titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later we have a uh, Four Center recommends a chance for you to support the show while also listening to a free Star Wars audio book. We also are doing what we uh been calling our ask. It's the ask segment, a, pic- a picture, a logo. Some big music, some maybe James Earl Jones doing the ask, and that's what this segment is in our heads. Uh, Joseph, we have been having a lot of fun over on YouTube, and that is where our current ask is.
1: It is indeed. I am extremely happy to do this uh, this ask, but uh, I'm having a hard time uh, moving past the phrase "meat nubs," uh, <laughs> which I know you you mean is M E E T meet the great new character nubs. But when I hear Ken Napsock say "meat nubs," I assume he've discovered some new treat at Sizzler. Oh, yeah. Uh, if only. If only. Yes. Yes. Good point. Anyway, moving on from Meat Nubs. Uh, yes, we are doing our current ask. Uh, we have premiered a couple new things on YouTube. We premiered uh, the show Figure Fights, which is a fun comedy half hour where we reveal a couple of action figures. Star Wars action figures in debate and decide who we think would win in a fight. Uh, The first episode was a ton of fun. The second episode is coming out this Thursday, February 16th. Our ask in particular is to get that first episode of figure fights up to 1,500 views we are very close. We're around a 1100 ish, uh, in uh, the higher we get, I think the more the strange old mysterious algorithm, uh, will tell other people who aren't already fans of four center to check this out and see if they like it. And that will help us, uh, expand out, take a larger step into the universe of YouTube.
5: Yeah, that's a, uh, it's a dangerous step to take, but we're having a lot of fun. Over there. <laughs> well, thank you all for your responses. And yeah, like Joseph said, the next episode, February 16th, we'll be doing the, the live from here. Uh, uh, if we can, we'll be popping in there and saying hello. But uh, it's kind of a fun uh, feel to uh, hang out, watch the show roll out in front of all of your eyes. So, uh, yeah, good stuff there. Star Wars and Life Adventures. Uh, I said it's the case of Mondays, only because my week's starting in a, just a chihuahuas doing what they want. I got to get this done. I think we all kind of got, got that, not just us uh, broadcasting, but you listening. So it's one of those weeks. It's You know, I think February, this part in February is when, the new year is gone, and it's the year, and now you have to really start to get things done. And I'm feeling that crunch there, so I, I didn't get a chance to slow down and catch too much Star Wars other than The Mandalorian, and that's where I'll start with my Star Wars Life Adventures. I I think even now I underestimate how cute Grogu is. I think <laughs> even now I'm in a season two rewatch, uh, getting ready to f- watch Book of Boba Fett, and God damn, that Grogu's just got my heart all over again. I, the, the macaroons are one thing, but it's the, the 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 reacting to his name when Din finally learns his name. Uh, from, from <laughs> okay. It just, I, I was like, oh, that's right. This is why it's an icon. This is why Grogu is worldwide. And getting up, uh, getting ready for season three, it's been good to reacquaint myself with our our little friend Grogu. You know, Jen, I don't know where your Star, Star Wars adventures are going, but it, I hope it includes Grogu.
6: Uh, you know what is going to, you inspired me. I'm going to start rewatching The Mandalorian, uh, this week in preparation for season three. Um, because that, well, we'll talk about it, but the Empire cover really got me excited. Um, mm-hmm. let's see. This week, not too much other than I was, <laughs> I was looking at Fashion Week. Fashion Week is happening in New York City, mm-hmm. uh, Manhattan, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and, I was so excited just to see what what are the latest trends. And I kept seeing, I'm always finding Star Wars, you know, things and everything. And sometimes I'm shoehorning it in. And sometimes it's in the form of an Ewok hood walking down the runway. I kid mm-hmm. you not. I, I, yes. I could not believe. My, I thought, is this real? The show was kind of fantastical as it was. People, you know, the models had like deer ears and it was very much like an animalistic kind of theme and then she walked out with the the little ears and the ewok hood and i went oh my there's my star wars style
1: (laughs) (laughs) now what was it in just in general meant to be an actual like earth bear with the hood or was it meant to explicitly be an ewok
6: I don't know, but, but let's, let's go. I, it, there's no other way. Ewoks have hoods. We all know that. There is no teddy bear or bear that would wear a hood like that, right? That wraps around and all of that. It was so no. clearly wicked. Um, although the ears were gray. So that would be more mm-hmm. like a, like a Tebow. But yeah, I just, I was delighted.
3: <laughs> to, to
5: your question, <laughs> Joseph, I don't know. Cause I saw it scroll past on the internet, past my eyes, and I went, oh, that's got to be a parody. But no, it's real. So therefore, I think I recognize this as an Ewok, but it could just be, like you said, generic space bear. (laughs) Generic space bear.
6: All I know is I felt vindicated because I used to have a Her Universe uh, hoodie that had ears on it just like that. Um, Mm. So I was like, you know what? Her Universe was the head of the trend.
1: Now, have you done a TikTok or a, a reel about this yet, Jennifer?
6: I did. I did. Okay. But then I, I think I released it was it yesterday and, I, and it was Super Bowl Sunday. So no, nobody cared about the Ewoks and Fashion Week.
1: <laughs> well, to quote Luke Skywalker, I care. I got to see that. Did you <laughs> did you model your uh, Ewok hood?
6: No, that I did not. That I did not. I couldn't find any video of me wearing it. I just had a photo.
1: We got to do sometime a uh, live show that's just a four center fashion show with the runway and everything. And Jennifer, you can have 8,000 <laughs> amazing outfits and then Ken and I will just have a different t-shirt. Every <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, uh,
5: that's, I could have the
6: t-shirt fashion show as well.
5: Uh, <laughs> true. Uh, true. Thumbs up society, I think in a, in a nutshell right there. Uh, I love mm-hmm. that. Idea. I'll, I'll get the shirts pressed and ready to go. <laughs> Beautiful Jen from, from Ewoks and Grogu. Uh, Joseph, uh, it's not time to talk about nubs yet, but any cute thing in Star Wars for you?
1: I want to meet nubs. Um, no, uh, good, good week, busy week. I'm working hard on a couple different uh short films when I'm uh trying to pull all the elements together in time for a submission uh for a film festival. So that one has been uh dominating a lot of my mind and soul. Uh, I did release uh The short film that I had at the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival, that one's called Unboxing the Cosmos. And uh, many people have watched and been kind. That one's kind of about life on the Internet, about wrestling with the algorithm. And uh, the algorithm actually has suggested it to a couple of people, which made it extra scary. So that was fun. Uh, (laughs) But I bring it up because uh, there are many uh, Four Center listeners who gave it a try. I think some um, literally just given it a try to be kind and some who are, like me, fans of uh, horror, cosmic horror, in have that overlapping interest. So it was really great to see so many uh, Force Center listeners watching and saying nice things in the comments and sharing it. So thank you all mm-hmm. so much for watching and sharing that. Uh, if you're on YouTube watching figure fights, uh, go ahead and check out Unboxing the Cosmos. Uh, so my Star Wars adventures then were in, in the midst of everything. Uh, the algorithms on social media have totally got my number. I have mm-hmm. ads pretty much on Facebook and Instagram. Only for action figures. <laughs> wow. Yes. <laughs> Which is, yes. and they're getting really, really down to like, oh, oh we know what you like. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I have, I, I got, in fact, right mm-hmm. after we finished our episode about uh, discussing new action figures coming out last week, I got two uh, coveted Obi Wan's that I found for a cheaper amount. So I have two Obi Wan's in a box uh, waiting <laughs> as a reward uh, when I've got my work done. Mmm, Kenobi great. in a box, love that. Kenobi in a box. <laughs> who be in a box, and I will uh, I will share them on all social media uh, when they have been freed from their box as reward. So those are my Just adventures.
5: Love that. Oh, I want to. Oh, I totally forgot. It was sitting right in front of me. I got distracted with Grogu. Yeah, uh, your, your your love of figures is so well known, Joseph, and it inspired one of our four center listen listeners, Will, uh, who uh, did some custom figures of uh, some Star Wars favorites of ours. And I have them. I have to mail. Full disclosure: I think Will knows this. I have to mail Joseph and Jennifer their custom figures. Uh, but I have a Time Grappler three and three quarter uh, figure here uh, that is uh, amazing with the, the the hammers, and he is ready to kick Stormtrooper butts. And uh, I, I have revealed what uh, Joseph and Jennifer will be getting. Uh, it's, it's a Frog Lady and a Terrace New Bay and a Lolito Lulule, primuck, and wow. they're just so wonderful. Cool. But also reminds me of. You know, we we just need classic
1: Kenner's figures to come out all the time about these
5: <laughs> characters in the corners that we love so much.
1: I really, really want that, but that's so generous and so kind, and I can't wait to see uh, see what they look like in get them in my hot little hands.
6: Yeah. Yes, thank you.
1: So, Will wanted to shout you out. Thank you for that. Thank you for yeah. That. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get to
5: some Star Wars news. And I, I think I'm a little out of practice, though. Well, the bad, bad Batch lead up is always going to be a little bit different than some of the, the live action shows and movies. We understand that. We get that. Uh, bad Batch is just zipping along with some wonderful episodes. Uh, so hopefully you're all uh, digging into the Bad Batch report. But I, I, I'm a little out of practice is my point here, because this Empire magazine article, which is mostly online, but you can get you can get on the newsstand. It's coming out February 16th. And this uh, they've got we've got one tease and then you got another tease. And then even at the time of recording, two more teases have popped up. I think three more, actually. And I'm sure more more will come out as the entire article just gets released blurb by blurb. But we're going to dive into it. Looking ahead of the full issue release again on February 16th, Empire Magazine released a new photo a couple new photos from the upcoming third season of Mandalorian and showed off the cover the cover shows a helmetless Din Djarin and Bo-Katan with Grogu in a new pram question mark Din is wielding the dark saber a reminder of what just might be at stake for these two characters, what might be between them. So I'm going to go tell my chihuahuas to quit biting and barking with excitement. And oh, I thought guys- it was
6: mine. <laughs>
5: <laughs> this is Baxter. I'm very excited for Grogu. Uh, so uh, Joseph, thoughts on the cover?
1: Yeah, so uh, I, I think it's it's great to have be in this era, era, this couple of weeks is what I mean by an era, of, <laughs> uh, of Mando hype. And yeah, this is our Monday recording, like as we're recording, 800 other little drips from this Empire magazine will come out. Uh, there's some articles about John Favreau getting his uh, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which is well-earned, but always well-timed. He's getting that right now. <laughs> For a reason, and that mm-hmm. is to hype us up for Mandalorian season three, which is great. Mm-hmm. Not that it isn't earned, and not that I won't be really happy every time I walk by it, but uh, yes. that is uh, that's that's the deal with that. But the the cover itself can, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm excited for it. In in some ways, it's kind of like straightforward. Here are the characters. Here are the issues. But I, I love that the cover with with uh, Din's helmet off almost looks like the characters are actually doing a photo shoot because they're very Mm -hmm. in character for how they would respond to a photo shoot. Grogu is kind of like waving at the camera. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, I know I'm that cute. Hi, do you have any cookies for me? Um, Bo-Katan is working her angles and looking really regal. She's done this before and she knows how to do it. And then Din looks just like deeply uncomfortable and ashamed to have his helmet off, and like he's not exactly sure how he should pose. So it looks <laughs> perfect for the characters doing a photo shoot.
5: Din looks like someone who's going to go up to you afterwards and be like, "You're, are you, you're not going to post that, right? Don't post that picture. Please don't post that picture."
1: He looks like I did when I did my senior photos and did not really want to do them and was just <laughs> angry about it. Uh, yeah excited excited to see uh the pram i believe that has been in the trailers but it is cool to see it in yeah. the photo shoot and i'm i'm excited about the uh the idea of the pram of mm-hmm. does, does he really need it uh, luke taught him to jump in a hop uh <laughs> is is he is he clinging to something is he infantilizing <laughs> himself or is Grogu going to get out and do some jumping. Uh, that's what I think when I see the pram. Mm. I,
5: I, yeah, I love it. And Jen, want, want to get your thoughts here. But uh, the ongoing, like, pram, cavalcade parade of prams, if you will. Uh, I love it. I, yeah, I mean, and I'm with you too, Joseph. I, I had to stop watching the, the Ahsoka, the Jedi episode from season two. I'm waiting. And we t- a lot of people talk about it. I'm waiting for the Grogu, Maggie Simpson first words episode. Like, that, and is, that, <laughs> yeah. is that when he leaps out of the pram for good? I don't know. I don't know.
6: It just makes me think about if we ever were to see many more uh, Grogu-like species, Mm -hmm. right? If we were to see more of them and they're little prams, I could just see them all like Going forward and attacking someone in their prams to be like a baby attack. Um, I loved the cover. This was a surprise because I was googling the Mandalorian season three, and I all of a sudden, what? What is this new image? Oh my gosh! And like the pink font, the helmets off. It was so striking, and and like you're saying, Joseph, it seemed like they were in character. Which is why I found it surprising that Din had his helmet off, um, because it just felt like it's not like the Vanity Fair shoot. Remember that one with you uh, and McGregor and all that, and like very stylized, very you know, uh, sexy looking. This was much more like you're saying Din is is wrestling. With his identity. Din is trying to figure out, like, I've, okay, I'm a Mandalorian no more. So I guess I don't have to wear my helmet all the time. Like, what's going on? Um, <laughs> so I wasn't sure if it's, if, you know, they had his helmet off for the photo shoot because Pedro Pascal is having a moment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're capitalizing on that. Everyone's mm-hmm. loving him. Um, so that's a star power or if it's a clue that the season three is going to go and it's, we are going to see more of his face. Um, Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I could be reading into it, but I loved also that Katie Sackhoff is front and center, is Bo-Katan. It just feels like for us fans who have been fans of her since the Clone Wars, it just felt, feels good. Feels yeah. good to see her in the spotlight.
1: I, I love that you highlight that as an actual thing to really think about the season. Like, Din's declared mission uh, and you know in previous seasons he likes to declare his mission at the top of every episode to every person he meets his declared (laughs) mission is to get forgiveness for taking his helmet off which would suggest that he's never going to take it off again but the fact that he took it off to make connection with grogu and now he's made the choice like no grogu grogu and i are a clan of two we are together but i'm also going to spend all this time going around trying to get forgiveness for being intimate and open and connecting with you. That's an obvious tension. And I Mm. I hope that's one of the things that Bo-Katan isn't just like, give me the dark saber, but just like a a boatload of your beliefs from that cult Mm. (laughs) that is similar to the one I used to be a part of are wrong. Let it go. Take off your helmet. Be a person. Love that.
5: I would really love that. I I think uh, digging a little bit more and just rewatch again, I am in this rewatch and I had not seen season two in a while. I just, uh, after the season, I just had a chance to go back and just some of this, the words and reaction Bo Katan is having to, like, uh, this guy, uh, child, you're, you're a child of the watch, buddy. <laughs> Here's mm-hmm. the rub. Uh, that's got to drive some of the stuff forward. And, and, and even the, I want to talk about the other release photo, one of the other release photos. There's a great solo shot of Bo Katan, but there's the one that's uh, going around, uh, from this uh, big uh, little blurb of, uh the, uh, the three same characters, but helmets on, standing on the shoreline. Grogu and Pram and I, I I saw that and it just seems like yeah that that's what we're going to get a lot of but I love your idea Jen of 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 uh den not just because Pedro's having a moment but also doesn't hurt that he's having a moment and get his <laughs> face. but uh to just see Din acting in a new way with no no helmet uh, a new him but also wrestling with it the Mando identity thing that's ah, just kind of I don't know that's what I think of when I see the photo of them with helmets on
6: Right. Right. That's why the, the one the cover is is so interesting, because he's more vulnerable, more vulnerable emotionally, more vulnerable f- physically. Uh, and so when I saw the the other photo that they released with their helmets on, it's like, OK, yeah, this is this is what I expected. But also at the same time, it, it seems like they're united in that photo like they're united towards a common goal they're on a mission or something which is kind of not how the trailer has been portraying it it seems like they're at odds even the cover seems like they're a little bit like there's tension they're at odds <laughs> uh i don't know I, I thought i thought that was interesting i can't hmm. i want to get the the magazine in my hand so i can flip through it
1: yeah yeah, it's it's one of the strange uh, physical magazines that still exists. You can go buy it with your hands and everything.
6: <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, it's it's
5: amazing. amazing. I want to hear your thoughts on this, Joseph, too, but you're just making me think of the last big push. Last Jedi, yes, but I have 90 magazines from Force Awakens probably just sitting in stores. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. That was my last big magazine day, uh, day as a collector in Star Wars.
1: Yeah, no, I grabbed some Kenobi ones and, you know, some mm-hmm. of them were the ends of eras. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'm glad that uh, that Pedro Pascal and Katie Sackhoff are selling magazines. That's great. Uh, and Grogu. Uh, the, yeah, that photo on the beach is is great, too, because it, it does really look uh, like they are about to confront either someone or they're looking ahead to some long journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it made me really hopeful that maybe early in the season uh, there will be some sort of mission with just the three of them that really yeah. sets the table for their conflict, right? Um mm-hmm. if Din wants to go to Mandalore but he needs her help to navigate it and she's like, okay, but we got all these issues, right? Um mm. and have all of that sort of a uh, set the table for where their conflict is going. And and I, you know, mm. obviously we know that that Bo Katan wants the Darksaber. She wants to take it in combat, but how far is she going to go with that? Mm. And that makes me think a lot about the way we've already seen Din use the Darksaber. Like, I don't think right now Din is like, yes, I want to be the leader of Mandalore. I, know, You know, <laughs> uh, he's he's got his own concerns. <clears throat> but he's already used the Darksaber, you know, to help Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that he would get attached to the Darksaber to be like, but it's a weapon. And in my view, weapons are used by Mandalorians to protect the people you care about. So I don't want to give it up because it's a powerful way for me to help keep Grogu mm. safe.
5: mm yeah, I love the, I love that being between them here and what that could mean. I, th- this is random That This is not a full prediction, prediction, but seeing this shot uh, and just listening to what you're saying, Joseph, about them and where they're going and the rulers of Mandalore. And we're going to get some quotes here in a second of, of what's going on. I, I don't, I don't. my mind doesn't go here all the time. I don't necessarily see two characters and, and want to squish them together in a romance. It's just not where I'm at with a lot of stories these days. But I saw that it almost looked like a family photo to me. Yes, <laughs> mm. them on the beach, uh, you know, just getting away. We're going to Cabo. We uh, rest up. No, but uh, and I think I saw some other people out there. And again, I don't. I don't need any characters to, to 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 get together. But sweeping romances have been part of Star Wars history. There, I don't necessarily. I don't. This isn't. Can put it down on a piece of paper prediction. But I just had that vibe of of them. There's there a lot of the trailers and footage we've seen so far. They are kind of pitted against each other. It seems that way. Just some of the quotes from Bo Katan and mm-hmm. uh, the stuff she's seen to Grogu. To, to work through that and come out, uh, you know, as co-rulers almost, so to speak, of Mandalore, so Mandalore is something I think I'm 2% interested in and rising after just seeing this potential family know.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Yep. I don't know. I'd be dad. fine with romance if that makes sense. I'd be also be fine with, you know, siblings that basically like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from Grogu's perspective, you know, Din, Din's my dad and in, in, uh, Bo-Katan's my really intense auntie who disagrees <laughs>
5: yeah. with
1: that a lot. Family dinners are, you
5: know, uh, but at least I get my macaroons. Jen, you had a <laughs> family photo on the beach. Did that strike anything with you?
6: That's exactly what I thought. I just thought, you know, people are calling, uh, Ash is calling him daddy, right? <laughs> or zaddy. And it just yeah. felt like mom and mom and dad in that photo. <laughs> oh, man,
5: don't want yeah, it could be. It could be. Like I said, I, I'm open to all things. It's just uh, one of the first times. I, and I hadn't thought that. That's the thing is prior to that photo. I don't think I thought that at all. Between mm. the characters, or, or yeah. anything, uh, I, I still think at the end of this, I wouldn't mind seeing Den uh, didn't go back to it was it Sorgen and just uh, tell Omira, "Hey, I'm ready. Mask is off." I want to hang out here and just be a krill farmer. That'd be a mm. good ending for me. Let's get to some of those quotes that came out of this. Uh, we're going to focus on a couple. Again, there was little uh, little uh, blurbs that came out today uh, at the time of a recording. I'm sure more by the time they're released. We're focused on these two quotes. Pedro Pascal said this. Uh, what I love most about season three is how much the world opens up in terms of Mandalore and Mandalorians. That means so many different facets of culture. Politics and rules and discoveries. Delicious doors are flying wide open. There it is, family on the beach. Katie said this this is an epic season. It's so big and so bold and so different. We know the family that she was born into. Now, what's the family that she's going to choose? What does that look like? Uh, also, some great quotes of, of Katie saying uh, uh, stuff about uh, Favreau, Rick Famille, uh leaning on her. And her uh, just uh, connection with the character of Bo-Katan and, and Katie saying, uh, you know, I have lived with her pain. Her pain is my pain, so to speak. Love <laughs> all, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Let's dive into these quotes. Jen, start with you. What jumps out, uh, out of these two quotes?
6: To me, it really feels like we're going to get more Mandalore <laughs> lore uh, mm-hmm. on Wars, because, you know, not everyone has seen that. And mm-hmm. so I think that they're going to kind of maybe give a refresher. Uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm back and re- I mean I just watched it like last year but you know it's one of those things where I'm like what happened again okay right <sighs> what are the different dynamics so um they're going to need to catch some people up to speed with that so I think that's part of it and I think that they're going to continue expanding on that because we know how much both uh, uh Filoni and Favreau love the Mandalorian lore mm. Um, and I'm excited I think big I think lots of Mandalorians Uh I think drama intrigue right yeah <laughs> all yeah. of it's going to be there but definitely a lot of a lot of lore
5: yeah we know season three is going to be big because that keeps coming up ah uh, bigger the scope and all that kind of stuff and that, and that does have me excited i, I love lone wolf and Cobb. i love the clan of two i love kind of the 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 smaller scale story we've gotten so far but uh ready to Slide into some big stuff there. Uh, Joseph, there's a lot at stake here. We know the rulers of Mandalore might be up for grabs. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, I love this idea of delicious doors are flying wide open based (laughs) on uh, what uh, these characters are learning. Where do you go with these quotes?
1: Yeah, there's so much interesting about it. I I love the big picture idea that we started small in the show The Mandalorian with that first episode, Din making a choice of who he wants to be as a Mandalorian. He doesn't want to be seen as somebody who, you know, hurts a child, but instead protects a child. That's what it means to him to be a Mandalorian. And now it's exploding out into this large scale where he's interacting with all these other Mandalorians. Uh, I love what Jennifer's saying about the history, right? Um, Yeah. The audience kind of gets history lessons as Din gets them. And the really interesting thing is, we got um, the armors uh, like one star negative review of the history of the Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when she told him that, hey, this family, uh, the, the Kriz family, uh, Satine and, and Bo Katan, have both had a shot at ruling Mandalore and they've been weak, and mm. they are the it's their fault that our planet is destroyed and we're scattered. Yeah, uh, yeah. so I think bo probably has a different <laughs> take <laughs> yeah. on the history that she might want to share with Din. Um, I think that a thing that I've been thinking about a lot, especially with, um, Katie Sarkoff's great uh, quote about, uh, her pain, bo pain is my pain is the, the history of bo uh, is reactionary in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. uh, if you go through the beats that we know, there's lots of beats we don't know, but yeah. you know, her sister Satine promotes change and peace and Bo-Katan rebels and joins the death watch and does violent, awful things. Yeah. And then the death watch sides with Maul. a Pointless vengeance and anger gets her sister killed. And Bo-Katan kind of swings the other way to the point where when we catch up with her again in rebels, many, many years later, Sabine is ready to just lash out and kill every Imperial on Mandalore and it's Bo-Katan who gives her the kind of Jedi speech of like that kind of vengeance isn't actually going to help you. It's only going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. She allowed herself to bend tradition and take the dark saber, uh, without combat from Sabine. Now she's swung back to this very, like yeah. the violence, the old ways it has to be taken in combat. And I hear all of that in what Katie is saying about, we know the family she's born into now what she's going to choose. Like mm-hmm. it's fascinating to have a character who said, I've I've swung to the extremes. I've said the old ways of violence, domination, best person wins. I've said softer, gentler. My sister was right. Both of them have ended in tragedy for me. The hell am I supposed to do?
5: Yeah, no, that's I love what you're both saying here. And I'll start with Jen. what you're saying about the refresher. It just might be needed because I I, I I don't know if it's been completely clear. You know, I don't know if my fiance who watched every episode knows who Duchess Satine is right like right. And, and I wanted her to know and but just it, it just so go from that into what you're saying Joseph it just, it's just it's a storytelling opportunity right mm-hmm. the armor it's hilarious the one star review like you said there got that going <laughs> but then you got a chance for Bo-Katan to explain it and, and, and it seems like we're going to get those conversations I'd never like to lock myself into uh, what I think the trailer's telling me in terms of just actual scenes and, and dialogue but you got a lot of that Bo-Katan sitting there in a throne going yeah where the bleep were you man <laughs> uh, yeah, and and I think to actually get to that, there's so much potential to, in that refresher to just explain it more. Much like we got the flashback of uh, the Great Purge and the Thai bombers mm. and, and that tragedy, we could get. to, And I'm not saying it has to be flashbacks, but just you know, discussed in the way of 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 exactly what you're saying. Of, of you know, obviously, Filoni and Katie and John, because he was there, they, they know the 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 history, the Death Watch stuff. It's not like they've forgotten that. So we have to figure that out. And then with a lot of those questions of at the end of season two, people had that. Well, why? Well, but, but, but she took it before, but all right, she did take it before from Sabine. Now she's not. What does that mean? And what, what, mm-hmm. what how will that play out in the stories? And now I'm, see, now I'm super excited. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. I have no question for you both. Just excitement. Just excitement.
6: Yeah. I'm, yes. I'm curious too, because there are some people who did not watch the book of Boba Fett.
5: So. I've heard, I've heard of some of
6: yeah. Right. And so they, they do have a lot to catch people up on, but you know, at the same time, they're, they're so, they're so good at playing those two levels of appealing to the hardcore and kind of not, not dumbing it down. Right. I, I thought that that's what they did such a great job with that, with that uh, moment in the book of Boba Fett is that there were some people who were like, wait, what, wait, I got to go back to the Clone Wars and rewatch this. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they, how they tell the story.
1: I think it'll be a pretty uh, long previously on for the first episode. Uh, exactly. I wouldn't be surprised to just even see like StarWars.com put out a, you know, be sure to catch these episodes of Book of Boba Fett kind of reminder for mm. people who, you know, Boba Fett's not for them. That that show's not going to be for some people. And, and I hope uh, people who like The Mandalorian and maybe didn't uh, enjoy Book of Boba Fett and, or gave up on it earlier are willing to watch those two episodes because uh, the stuff that dr- relates directly mm-hmm. to Din and Grogu is so great.
5: Mm-hmm. It's it's key. It's all part of the same uh, corner of storytelling. There, uh, would would you either of you? Would would it, I? It, this won't happen, but it'd be weird. But if on a previously on beginning chapter one, if we also show rebels and Clone
1: Wars clips, would that
5: work? Yeah.
6: <laughs> would we just have that. Yeah, that's interesting. That it, is interesting.
1: I don't think they would do that. I think it would confuse people too much. Right? <laughs> people click it off. Oh, it's a cartoon. I'm in life. There's some episode where they got turned into cartoons. Did I
5: miss
4: <laughs> that one? <gasps> oh my god, um,
5: yeah, oh, that'd be hilarious. Anyways, all right, yeah. we'll see. Great stuff, you both got me excited. And one fun of the, of the uh, other stuff that's popped up, you had the great stuff from Katie Sackoff about uh, her input into the character, but I also love the other one was uh, Pedro Pascal. He can't see out of the mask when you put that on, it fogs up, you're tripping over things. That's both a Star Wars tradition. I think of Anthony Daniels falling everywhere in a new hope, uh, is, as 3PO course, but uh, also. It's like the, it's that Star Wars thing of, you know, well, here's why the stormtroopers miss. you put on a helmet. It really re- it doesn't line up with eyes. It doesn't line up with the human head. So I kind of love that kind of stuff, even though it takes a little bit of the magic away for me at times where I'm like, well, I just want to pretend that uh, Mando can see perfectly fine. Uh, anyways, anyone else have a reaction to uh, to Pedro can't see bleep?
6: It made me feel better because anytime I put on my Darth Vader or Boba Fett helmets, I can't see it falls. It's just incredibly Mm -hmm. awkward. So just like even even on this incredible show, he still can't see. And he's not even in that helmet as often as the stunt guys. So I can only imagine how they're able to maneuver. Talk about impressive.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, I liked uh, Katie Sackhoff's quotes about uh, there's five women playing Bo-Katan. <laughs> nice. about, yeah, I I do knee slides. I like knee slides. So when when she does a knee slide, that's me. Like I I like how much more uh, they've been celebrating uh, the team effort to create these Mandalorian characters.
5: Yeah, in a way, in a way that had not been done. Not just the stars. You don't you don't hear that as much, you know. And I I know a lot of stunt performers, and they are kind of an overlooked. Uh, crew and I've I kind of been enjoying that and, and including like a lot of the stunt coordinators and performers being cast Book of Boba Fett that deputy was one of them right and then we tracked some of that during the that, that, that se- uh, mm-hmm. season uh, and then yeah I just, I just kind of like that kind of stuff too credit is where credit did. and five with each skill set that's we need Mm -hmm. a jumper we need a puncher we need a blaster
1: (laughs) we need a kicker (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh it's so great uh the peter pascal is so charming and so funny and and i hope there is an actual audio clip of him talking about this because it's it's very very funny uh Mm
4: -hmm. but for me it's
1: also just that reminder of like the the general rule in star wars is the uh, Physics be damned if it's cool right? Uh, Mm -hmm. TIE fighters make noises in space Uh, The Mandalorian helmets you can see Even better out of (laughs) In Star Wars fiction And that's one of the things that makes it cool Makes Mm -hmm. it cool indeed
5: Well the coolness kicks up to high gear coming march 1st oh mandalorian season three almost here i'm sure we'll have a lot more when this episode or excuse me this issue is fully released we will uh, dive into i'm sure other quotes photos and more we'll take a quick uh, quick break but before we do we have a four center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us joseph what
1: do we have we are still recommending path of Dece- deceit deceit uh, by justina ireland and tessa Grattan, a new high well I'm not going to say new anymore. It's a High Republic adventure. Uh, and we're looking forward to diving in.
5: We are. We are. Download your free audiobook today. Go to Audibletrial.com slash Four Center. Again, that's Audibletrial.com slash center for your free audio book. I finally also got the, the Blade of Bardata. The Blade comic series is in my hands. I can finally read about my uh, favorite uh, cook and Jedi Porter angle So we're diving into High Republic soon enough. All right, quick break on the other side. We are going to meet nubs and have meat nubs at 7-Eleven and also talk about <laughs> a happy ending for a potentially sad story and more. Stick
0: around for more Force Central. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better
4: formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side?
2: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
5: welcome back to force center we are taking a look at star wars news breaking news from a long time ago And I am just tickled. I'm tickled to cover this story. All right. Uh, This is, you know, I've seen it go around. Is it going to get everyone excited? Is it going to move the needle? Not necessarily. But we talked about the young Jedi adventures before. But now we have a cast reveal and we get to meet the characters of this series on May 4th, we will meet all the Jedi younglings like Kai Brightstar, voiced by, by Jamal Avery Jr., Lise Soleil, voiced by Juliet Donenfeld, and Nubs, voiced by D. Bradley Baker and their friends, Nash Durango, voiced by Emma Berman, and Jonathan Lipow as the droid RJ83, which. Uh, I don't know. That's a Return of the Jedi 83 tribute to me. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe they revealed mm-hmm. that. Uh, We're going to be spending a lot of time on the planet to know or to new. Uh, this is, of course, set during the High Republic era, which means we're also going to get to see Yoda. And we got to see Yoda in his High Republic robes. We're going to dive into that. Uh, also announced, as I'll uh, dump all this information on the table here, we'll pick up the pieces. It was announced that a series of little golden books and first reader uh, comics are going to be on the way as the Young Jedi Adventures show And A Little Universe uh, enters ours on May 4th. So thoughts on the character design, the books, nubs. We can start anywhere you want. Jen, where are you going?
6: So last week, I spent all week working on a video about how they should reboot the Ewoks cartoon. Mm -hmm. Why it would appeal to the younger generation. We need this for preschoolers. And I was about to release it when this news came out. Mm. And I went, they heard me. They heard our <laughs> cries. This is what I have been asking for for seven freaking years. Mm. A Star Wars <laughs> show that will appeal to preschoolers. It's going to appeal to like my three-year-old. But it's very reminds me very much of this show. Uh, it's called uh, Super Monsters. Mm. It's very much similar animation style. And my three-year-old loves it. But my seven-year-old also enjoys it. It's kind of like a Disney Junior type show. It's on Netflix. And that's the thing about Disney Junior shows, puppy dog pals, all those things. They can appeal to a wide range of kids. So, you know, there's, there's no violence. There's, there's nothing like we love Star Wars Rebels. We love resistance, but it still is too old for a three, four, and five-year-old. And that is how you create a new generation of Star Wars fans. Fans who are not, don't have parents who are huge fans, right? Mm-hmm. It just makes it so much more accessible. I've shown my kids the image. They flipped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, my three-year-old loves nubs, but my seven-year-old is obsessed with Liss. Liss, Liss, the girl? Yeah. Uh, yes. So excited I just, oh my gosh I, I, I can't wait, I'm going to buy everything Everything
5: uh, <laughs> Love it. No, I mean, I mean, I might be buying the Nubs as well I just, it's, it's <laughs> just amazing It's just uh, too cute But uh, I want to, you know, give Nubs some respect Nubs has a lightsaber there right? I just learned how to use one uh, Joseph, uh, where do you right. go with this? Uh, droids, uh, and I definitely will start the Yoda conversation I want to get your thoughts on Yoda
1: <laughs> Robes yeah, I mean, my my main thought, like it appears, most of the internet is nubs. Uh, I just it makes entire sense that there would be a a an alien, uh, a, an adorable, uh, fun, weird alien. But the fact that it's a basically a blue teddy teddy bear with vampire teeth, great. Uh, <laughs> I really a koala with vampire teeth. I, I really hope that nubs is some sort of actual space vampire. <laughs> Oh <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. But those teeth, I mean they're cute, but they are ready to draw some, you know, fluids. Anyway, uh regardless, Nub Nub's is great. Uh I there, the, this is a um I guess it's a weird thing to say, maybe not. It's it is really nice to see um some young uh padawans some jedi youngling and just not have to worry about their future <laughs>
5: yeah yeah right. they can
1: pass uh peacefully into the forest uh, of old age and that's nice for ones to not go like oh nubs. oh no but order 66 Nubs. oh no but kylo ren it's nice to just go nubs. Yeah. but they lived a great life <laughs> yeah. um uh, i i also like uh, we i don't think we've seen the images of nash durango yet um Mm. to my knowledge. I like mm. RJ-83, uh, but I do like the idea that, you know, every Jedi needs some non-Jedi friends. If this is, you know, uh, mm. like they're saying, like Jennifer is saying so well, in, in opportunity uh, for younger kids to get introduced to Star Wars, the Jedi are great, but, you know, the droids, the, the friends who are maybe not full scoundrels <laughs> for preschool <laughs> show. But, you know, pilots who get into trouble. There's a lot of those kind of uh, friends in the High Republic era. So I, I'm kind of hoping that's what Nash Durango is.
5: Yeah, yeah, indeed. And I, I like the uh, RJ83. looks uh, Looks like it's going to be perfect in mini Funko Pop form,
1: mm-hmm. fun. ready to be Funkos. I did have a question for Jen. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is our resident uh, parent expert? Um, what do you think the the length of the episodes might be, or or how many in a season? What's right for kids this age?
6: What I've been seeing is there's usually two to three episodes within a 20, 22 minute uh, main, ep, like, you know, block.
2: Oh. So
6: for like, for example, they have on this show, in addition to the Lucasfilm uh, Disney plus people producing it, they have Michael Olson, who is a showrunner who uh, worked on puppy dog pals. Um, another executive producer who worked on Ele- Elena of Avalor. Um, so those episodes are 20, about 22, 25 minutes. And there's two episodes. So I'm mm. guessing I'll probably be like that. Uh, mm. Two 12 minute episodes, which I, I find a little jarring, but my kids, my kids don't mind it. They like it. I mean, they can hang with one long episode, but breaking it up is kind of fun. I will say yeah. they get two adventures for the price of one.
1: Yeah, that's great. And how long are the, the seasons of things like uh, puppy puppy, what pals?
6: Puppy dog pals, there's a puppy lot of episodes of puppy dog pals. There's a lot.
5: Uh
6: bingo and Rolly go on a lot of adventures.
5: Oh yeah, they do.
6: Um, I mean, I want to say there's like 20 something. I can't imagine there's gonna be that that many.
5: 20 something. It's like a season of wings. Wow. Okay. It's,
6: right? It's like old school. It's old school. But yeah, there, there's a lot of episodes. Maybe, maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe there's only like 15. But um. Yeah. But yeah, there's gonna be a lot. There's gonna be a lot. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I'm so excited.
1: So I mean, for, for things like like Puppy Dog Pals and the in the Monster one, uh, are there like other animated shows where they are absolutely geared to a specific age, but then kind of have fun jokes for the adults kind of thing?
6: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Like I sit, I'll sit and watch Puppy Dog Pals. It's cute. It's fun. There's some funny jokes, but it's not like it's not. It still doesn't play like super like over the kids' heads. It yeah. still is pretty like. You know, okay maybe teenage it, it's like teenage level humor
5: <laughs> that's about as perfect
6: old as it gets yeah yeah
5: right in my wheelhouse there no uh, i love i love this we we always love celebrating different entry points into star wars and this is a uh, key to everything what we you're saying jen earlier of expanding it and, and and star wars kids and all the things they've been kind of kind of working on it just makes a lot of sense and, it, and it, that's why i think i have some excitement for it it's you know, we're going to do two-hour, four-center deep deep dives on it. I don't know. Maybe we'll see what the episode <laughs> teaches. But um, I think it's valuable. It's fun. And then, I, like I said, this this Yoda—I already want a Yoda figure on this design. A little bit more hair. It's like a middle-aged Yoda. The <laughs> are a little more bright. The robes are definitely uh, shiny. Uh, I love this little version of Yoda here.
6: You gotta look at him. I'm looking. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. There's a twinkle in his eye.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
5: He's
6: been yeah. sleeping more. <sighs>
1: he really is. He's in his happy place, right? Like, I think that's kind of what's <laughs> exciting to me is, like, Yoda likes teaching younglings, right? Like, I mm-hmm. love how happy we see him in Attack the Clones, you know, just really enjoying it, you know? Uh So, I, I am excited to see some, some Yoda getting to enjoy himself.
5: Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, and I do love uh, scrolling down, seeing a little bit more of those nubs, fangs popping out. That is, uh yeah, that, that's... a. Uh, that's interesting. I, I'm with your vampire theory here. Maybe, maybe. I'm
6: going to, I think I'm going to, that's going to be my Halloween costume. I'm going to put on some vampire teeth <laughs> and I'll fashion some nub ears and little furry mittens. Mm-hmm. I love it.
5: Who doesn't love furry nubs mittens? Yeah. <laughs> mm, meat nubs.
6: Meat yeah. nubs.
5: Love I'll it. Love it. fingers. Love it, love it, love it. Oh, there you go. We'll keep you updated. And we we definitely going to be watching Young Jedi Adventures. Final story of the day. We got a sweet, uh, happy ending for the Peter Mayhew Memorial uh, Memorabilia Saga. I should say Uh, last week, a potentially sad story emerged around some star Wars related items. Once in the possession of Peter Mayhew and his family. Uh, Several items, including an original episode four script and call sheets have been left in the house after the Mayhew's moved out. They just couldn't get up and get it. Peter's health was uh, put them in that tough spot. And the current owner of the house put the items up for auction, but, uh, Angie Mayhew, Peter's widow, tweeted out their uh, family's kind of dismayed the development and social media. Still some magic. All right. We always, uh, you know, it could be a downer, but still some magic As the word reached the auctioneer, Angus. Ashworth. That is definitely a British (laughs) auctioneer's name, Angus Ashworth. And we can now say that the items are back on their way to the Mayhew Foundation. No big questions here, just celebrating a a sweet, happy ending and and the preservation of uh, Peter Mayhew's legacy. So any thoughts to this story and how it made you feel, Jen, and uh, following along if you did.
6: The internet can can be a good place. It can connect the right people. It was happy to see that it had a happy ending. You know what it reminded me of was the exhibit that uh, Todd Fisher did for Carrie Fisher mm-hmm. and how he displayed it at Celebration and in Hollywood. I would love to see something similar for Peter Mayhew. I'm not saying that his family would have to do that, but it would be it would be kind of neat to see some of his some of these things like he had in his possession and really um celebrate his legacy. And I mean, made me think, gosh, we could even maybe they could donate it to the Lucas Museum or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just I just would love to see him celebrated even more.
5: Yeah, I really agree with that. Uh, and Joseph, getting your thoughts here on it. But, uh, you know, Peter, uh, his entire life was someone who was so proud and happy to, to be a Chewbacca. The Wookiee Roars, uh, you know, that, mm. that, that's what it was, uh, and he was about. And he owned it. And, and I love hearing him talk. I love his, uh, him talking about Empire Dreams. And so this, this is uh, extra special. Um, ending to this uh, saga for me that uh, this is in the in the rightful spot. But your your thoughts on uh, che- Chewbacca and Peter Mayhew and all this memorabilia?
1: Yeah, no, I echo that. It's really nice when uh, when social media can be a mm. a, a power of good uh, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> let people know that this is happening. It's kind of the the ultimate uh, uh, sort of uh, life lesson of hey, if you, if you find the wallet, <laughs> try yeah. to return it to its owner. But I also, it, it did make me. I love what you're saying, Jennifer, about where where the Mayhew uh, family in Mayhew Foundation might, you know, be able to share these. But I think a, a part of what was interesting to me about this is those documents are definitely history of of Star Wars, history of cinema, uh, but they're also personal to Peter Mayhew and Peter Mayhew's mm. families. Like, it's not like mm-hmm. he bought them. <laughs> right. Those are his. Mm -hmm. That he was happy enough to be involved with this was, you know, sure enough that this might actually be something to save them. Right. That's a part of his legacy. That's a part of who he was as a person. So I'm just uh, I I love history and I'm always interested in kind of the the way uh, that documents live, Mm. that they are a part of the history of the person, the family, but then also the larger world, too.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Uh, Loved it. Uh, And a good reminder, occasionally, occasionally, actually, probably more than occasionally, social media or just our ability to get the, the messages out there definitely have a positive effect. The negative stuff can drown it out particularly in the star Wars world. So this one was a nice one there. We're almost out of here, but we're going to take a look at this week in star Wars history, looking ahead to star Wars past. And we're going to put this one as around this time in February. Now go with this here. Uh, I uh, always love to get the, the information from uh, star Wars.com itself about this day in history. And uh, I, we're not going to call it an error. Just uh, there was something <laughs> a little weird. The, the, this is the anniversary uh, time of the empire strikes back special edition. It premiered just after uh, a few weeks after the controversial, putting quotes around that, release of A New Hope Special Edition mm-hmm. with a hot shot first and more uh, drama there. This uh, release caused far less fervor in the fandom uh, with the least amount of changes in the Special Editions, but it wasn't was without changes, of course. Uh, for more of the into the wide open hallways of Cloud City, that was some of the changes. Uh, this was originally, I think, maybe going to be released around February 14th, 1997, which is why it pops up is in history, but uh, Empire and Jedi were removed. Remo- uh, not removed, moved back, which ooh, caused a problem in my wide open schedule in that part of my life. So let's go into all of it here. What of our, our? What were our reactions to the changes in Empire? Then uh, was there any waning of our excitement following A New Hope and all the uh, drama that popped up? Uh, yes. There was drama back in the days so of Star mm-hmm. Wars, just, uh, t- 2015 on. Uh, so where was our, our, our minds with this, Jen, back in
6: 1997? Ooh. so this was, I remember this very, uh, very well. Because at the time, I had re- not rejected Return of the Jedi, but I felt like Empire is the best. It's so the best of the three, right? There was like a like felt very hardcore proclaiming that, and so when I saw it in in theaters, yeah. it was like a it was a cinematic masterpiece. I mean, I'd never seen it on the big screen before, mm-hmm. and it just blew my mind. And those changes, I mean, if, if I remember some of them, I thought they worked really well. Um, I mm-hmm. thought that they enhanced the film. I can't say this. No, that's not true. I like the Return of the Jedi stuff except for Jedi rocks. But uh, that was a whole different experience. But I, Empire was like, it, it was magical. That was a magical, magical viewing um, for so many reasons.
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you there. And and uh, as far as the changes, yeah, I think it's it's not only just the least amount in, in the, the trilogy, but it just a lot of them made sense, and yeah, the, the Jedi ones are, are always a challenge for a lot of us, myself included. Uh, it, it wasn't even until the Book of the Bo- Book book of Boba Fett series that I think I fully accepted the Sarlacc change, uh, yeah, right. played out in that film. So I, I get you there on it, and yeah, you I love you just love you say it, it, kind of made you feel hardcore as a fan, Empire, yeah, you we especially our generation you have that moment when you come to realize, well, you just realize Empire is the best, and, and 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 in a lot of ways, that's I think true from a critical or technical point of view, but hey, go with what your heart is, and Jedi is is important for so many people as well. But I think I was one of the ones that was like, see, see, he he couldn't even change it, because it was (laughs) exactly part of the silliness of the discussion back then. Uh, Joseph, uh, you were in a different state than uh, us, but Mm -hmm. was your experience?
1: Yeah, literally in a different state. No, I think I've mentioned before, this was a really fun time because I had, uh, you know, a lot of friends who were hardcore Star Wars fans. I was, you know, doing a lot of sketchy and improv comedy and there's kind of a social group around who really liked, enjoyed, enjoyed talking about films. Everybody's a big Star Wars fan, so everybody had strong opinions and, you know, there was some, Some shocking on (laughs) upset Mm
4: -hmm. about, you know,
1: uh, Greedo and some of the like, "Eh, do we need a droid crossing right in front of the screen in like a classic vaudeville cross Mm. comedy thing uh, (laughs) for A New Hope? So there was, uh, I think, everybody loved Empire. So it was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here we go. All right. And then I remember being just thrilled by the wampa stuff. Loving it, right? like Mm -hmm. That wampa shot is so great, just chowing down, like, whoop, nope, uh, I'm eating meal one, but meal two better not be going anywhere. It's just so great and so brutal. Mm. And then the Cloud City stuff was like, yeah, I can can take or leave that. Uh, But Luke's scream, which has since been removed, was in there. Mm. And so I remember sitting in the theater being like, this is great.
4: Mm.
1: (laughs) And then the scream... Uh, being like, hmm, really, uh, really bothering me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because like, cause for me, that that was my, uh, you know, uh, ranting in the bar like Homer Simpson about the Blue Man Group uh, back in 97. It was like, the is great. That's been fine. But, ah, uh, Luke made that choice calmly, peacefully. Why would he scream? Hmm. Um yeah. and it did get removed uh removed later uh lucas just uh, really took his time trying to decide when which skywalker should scream what uh, <laughs> and that is his prerogative in my opinion uh but in general everybody all of my friends at the time really really were happy with empire <laughs> yeah. so then they just got sucker punched by uh By Jedi rocks,
6: exactly. (laughs) It's
5: a good way to describe it. Which, uh, obviously, nowadays I think have a little more joy in my heart for that scene, but it's still it's still fun, especially coming out of Empire. Which that's the final part of this here, and I think I think I put this into the questions because I think this is something I had felt again. Never stop. I've never stopped being a Star Wars fan. There's never a moment where I was like, "Meh." Other than you know, I didn't dive into the EU stuff, but that didn't stop me from loving the parts of Star Wars I love. I had a little bit. I, I was a. I got nine tickets and saw two show into new hope and and empire i didn't have that excitement i didn't uh, get a, a bunch of tickets i think i went just by myself or maybe with a friend um jedi i just saw once uh, in in the theaters i think i maybe saw empire twice on this re-release uh so it it after it affected 1997 can it wouldn't probably affect me now Mm. Uh, see things different but I had a little bit of that like uh, I don't know it was Wampa going to sing now like I don't know I had a little <laughs> bit of that early 20s cynical kind of uh, stuff coursing through my veins there so I don't know if that was just my experience uh, Jen if you came out of New Hope feeling any different about going forward with these
6: I was so excited. I really felt like my, my time had come because I had been, you know, saying how much I loved Star Wars. There was actually a Wedge Antilles club, uh, in my high school and it, f- it still felt a little weird, right? Like that we were like, yeah, that we were all like geeking out over this movie that had been released so long ago and it was nerdy and it just felt finally like, yeah, you see, like mm-hmm. I'm part of, of, <laughs> Pop culture and entertainment, things are cool and being stars, Star Wars fans, yeah. cool. It just felt really, really good. And it was the first time I really kind of connected with other fans, like waiting in line. There were, mm. at that time, we were waiting outside the movie theater. People were, were dressed up in costumes, playing, you know, Star Wars Trivial Pursuit and quoting their favorite lines, lightsaber fights. Like this was stuff that I had never really experienced. And I had felt like such an outcast. And I was like, my people. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. So. Yeah, it was wonderful.
5: Well, first of all, there was a wedge and Tillis Club and I wasn't informed. <laughs> <laughs>
6: yeah. yeah, they were really hardcore. And I I I was too shy and I, I felt like they were quizzing me and I just mm. I didn't yeah. And so I kind of would I literally would hang out in the doorway. This is how sad I was I literally hang out in the doorway and mm. they would like play the movie and they'd share all their commentary and I just would kind of like literally just like you know, yeah. be in the shadows. Anywho, thanks for the therapy. I
5: I I always admit because I uh, I uh, was born in the city of Orange and moved from Orange County when I was seven to Pismo Beach. I've always thought if I'd stayed, Jen, you and I might have been members of the Wedge and Tillys Club together. We might have met thirty years or forty, almost forty years earlier. Who knows? uh, Hanging out there at uh, OC. Lighting
6: um, doors.
5: Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love, I love what you're saying and, and, and get Joseph and get Gina on this too. But like, that's one of the, I think the forgotten things, of special editions. And we have the generation that discovered star Wars because of them. Mm-hmm. I've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend, Billy uh, Patterson, a lot of you know, screen junkies, like special editions kind of was right in his wheelhouse, his time. Maude Garrett. This is how she got in star Wars. I love exploring that side of it. But for us, We can get cynical and we can poke at it because we might have been in college and that Wampa did this and that was cool. But this and that, that Vader, we didn't need Vader walking to his shuttle. Like, why do we need that? But also it was it was kind of a coming out of the shadows. It was Mm -hmm. absolutely had that like, oh, you like Star Wars two feel to it. And I think that can sometimes be forgotten and that's why I will celebrate these special editions all the time nowadays. So anyways, Joseph, I don't know if you experienced any of that or if you had a, uh, a, you know, DAC club. Uh, and <laughs> I, <don't
1: know. laughs> I feel like I can take on the whole world. Oh, my club's gone.
5: All
6: right.
1: Okay. That well, was good while well, it lasted. Mm-hmm. No, like I think I've joked before, like when, when one of my kind of friend of a friend found out that uh, I had Star Wars on VHS, was like desperate to, uh, you know, borrow them and I hand them off in like a paper bag like we're doing a drug deal <laughs> you know. so like, my close friends were like yeah if we have birthday parties and no mean people are here we'll talk about Star Wars a little bit but there you, you know go. in the toys but like yeah so for me definitely this era was a, a huge uh, Star Wars uh, just celebration the, the toys and I had other friends who were collecting the toys so we could talk about them and I so I felt like I had a bubble around me That was my Wedge Antilles club. Mm. And I still felt like the larger world uh, or certainly maybe even some with all the the baggage and the stereotypes, maybe some women that I might be interested in, you know, maybe didn't care too much about this. Um, That's all, you know, complicated and uh, not true across the board by any means, uh, even back then. Uh, but I think for me, it was, a, it was a time where I felt like I know that this is, would get me ostracized in some pockets yeah. of our culture, but I don't care. I love these toys. There are other adults in the aisle. I love seeing these movies. I love joking about them and talking about them and, you know, wrestling with the parts I like and the, and the parts I didn't like. And I don't care. I'm going to be loud and proud uh, <laughs> that that was the power of it for me of like, I know this is still going to get me ostracized, but I don't care. I'm going to choose my my people and I'm going to be around people. Who are into it like I am? Mm. Yeah,
4: mm-hmm.
5: well said indeed. It was around this time that I got my uh, Princess Leia uh, blaster pointing in your face with the hair buns photo. <laughs> that was an <laughs> art <laughs> pencil drawing, mm-hmm. and I, I, I agree with Joseph. It was kind of like I'm am casting my die on this one here. I'm going, in. <laughs> yep, I'm going all in. Yeah, I'm this is in. what you get.
6: Full all Star in. Wars.
5: And it's a, a bigger discussion we've mentioned here before, but yeah, I, I, that's one of my uh, shaking the fist at society kind of things. If I had known I could even mention Star Wars around the girls in my school, I would have. You know, we were told not to. We were just, it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was put out there. We, even with, whether it was actually said or just implied, you just couldn't do that. And that wasn't yeah. fair to anyone. Mm-hmm. We all could have been in the wedge until his club.
6: So, yeah. <laughs> exactly.
5: All you know, right. We are out of here today. Thank you all for hanging out with us. We're going to tell you where you can find us right now. We're on Twitter at Four Center Pod. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. We're on Hive Social at Four Center Podcast, available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Just search, you'll find us. Merch available at slash user slash Four uh, Patreon.com slash Center is where you can support us directly uh, for, uh, you know, uh, finding me. You can go to catnapsock.com or uh, at catnapsock uh, across social media platforms. Have a lot of fun doing pop rock and radio. Love seeing some Four Center fans pop open over to my music show on Mixcloud. You can find links from there. Jennifer, where can they find and follow you?
6: You can find me on lots of social media sites. I've been posting a lot more videos lately, uh, some Star Wars and beyond, uh, hashtag content on Instagram and <laughs> YouTube at JenniferLanda or TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138.
5: Indeed, indeed. And Joseph, where can they find you? You got uh, wonderful content out there now <laughs> Want them to watch that uh, <laughs> short film that you got going out. It's very fun. I watched it the other day over an English muffin. So it was a good laugh into mm. peanut butter. So uh, where can they find you?
1: Excellent. Thank you for, uh, thanks to you and your English muffin. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You can find me on all the social media, uh, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm posting on TikTok and on YouTube shorts, uh, more of my, uh, not unboxing videos celebrating my love of the various wonderful weird star wars action figures and yeah if you want to go over to youtube uh subscribe i'll have uh some more stuff coming uh but in particular right now that uh, short darkly comic cosmic horror film unboxing the cosmos go uh, check that out and if you like it and you know other people who like that kind of thing like the cosmic horror uh please do share it because it is a little bit more of a niche thing niche uh anyway thank Mm. you for checking it out (laughs)
5: <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you all listening. We'll do more. We'll see you. Figure Fights. Check it out. All right. See you next time on Force.